All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation NBA box score breakdown back in the building once again. Oh, it feels so good on a Monday. On a Monday evening, we're covering all these hoops that we had over the weekend. It was a hot one. The block was hot. Anthony Davis was hot. The Boston Celtics were hot. And the Miami Heat, well, I guess we could say they were pretty hot too. So we're going to dive right into these games, man. And I just want to welcome first-time co-hosts. Marcus Braden to the pod, man. We are so, so appreciative to have you on tonight's episode. Tell hey. people the hoop on first, how you feeling? Oh, man, I'm feeling good. You know, anytime I get to talk hoops, man, it's it's a, a treat. So, you know, I'm feeling good. Happy to be on the box score breakdown pod. You may have seen me on a few, um, you know, NBA Today pods as far as some live shows on there. So, you know, it's good to be back in action. And, you know, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. So I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah, man, absolutely we do. And we're just going to dive right into it. Uh, as I said, over the weekend, you had plenty of hoops to keep you satisfied. I know Sunday was a day for football, but we squeezed a little hoops in at the end. We're going to open up with Saturday's game, however, Eastern Conference Finals. Game three, we saw the Boston Celtics really beat up on the Miami Heat. Uh, even though Miami did try to make a little fair uh, fair run at a comeback there late in the game, Celtics taking the win 117-106. to 106. Uh, Gordon Hayward's first game back, man, he he got some pretty significant run there. Uh, 30 minutes. I don't think anybody necessarily saw that coming, but did did pretty well. Honestly, you know, was able to contribute across the board. Six points, five rebounds, four assists, three steals and a block. Uh, definitely what you like to see for a guy shaking the rust off coming off of that ankle injury in the first round series against Philly. Now. Boston had a, had a whole bunch of guys hitting for him that night. Uh, that night, you know, Jalen Brown put in 26, Tatum had 25 and 14 with eight assists. Marcus Smart chipped in 20 and four with six assists. Kimball Walker at 21, six and two. So everybody from Boston was really firing on all cylinders until late in the game. Miami really started to pick it up and try to try to squeeze out a win. There weren't able to get it done due to Boston's just offensive barrage. So, Marcus, were you able to catch the game? And if so, man, talk to me a little bit about what you saw on Boston's end, reintegrating Gordon Hayward back in, um, or any other kind of storylines you think really helped them pull out that win. Yeah, man. So a, a, a little backstory about what's funny about this series is um, I actually had um, my prediction was heat in Boston in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, before the playoffs even started, I had Boston in six. You know, I still had that, so I'm rolling with it. But, no, I've watched um, each game about start to finish, one through three. Um, when I watched game two, it was, you know, very similar to game one in the sense of you seen Boston. And, you know, just as you said, David, they're able to put in, you know, those barrage of shots and points and just have so many players, not only in double figures. But, I mean, you've seen here today, you're looking at four players with 20 points, you know. so. They definitely get um, so many players who contribute. And then, you know, in game one or two, two specifically, they just kind of lost momentum. They just let the heat get back into the game. They ended up going on a big run and just beating them. And, you know, some, you know, you kind of had to wonder if, you know, after hearing the um, uh, murmurs about players arguing and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown getting into it, if that would really um, have a negative impact, you know, in game three. But, you know, once I seen Gordon Hayward coming back, I knew the Celtics were capable. I knew they were going to play the same way and they, they would get up just as they did before. It was just a matter of if they could sustain that. So you kind of see where, you know, in game two, Brad Wanamaker had, you know, about 24 minutes and obviously Gordon Hayward slotted right in there and got 30. And then those minutes were kind of uh, broken up between Wanamaker, Grant Williams and and his canter. So you see where they're kind of, you know, Brad Stevens is using his different options, but he's going to rely heavily on his main guys. And I mean, you really got that big impact from your key guys. And, um, you know, Jason Tatum with 25, Kemba with 21, Marcus Smart with 20, uh, Jay Brown with 26. And the key part to that for me is Kemba Walker. You know, he's starting to play well. He's starting to get comfortable. We've seen him in the Toronto series. I, I won't say he was a non-factor, but he definitely wasn't an impact player. So him starting to turn it on scoring-wise, and, you know, he led all scores in game two and had 20 again in game three. And with Gordon Hayward being back, it was good to see Boston get up but be able to hold that lead off. You know, they look pretty comfortable. And Miami do what they do best. They try to go on a late run. And, you know, even Jimmy Butler made a comment of, you know, he gets kind of sick from playing from behind. And 
that's what's going to really tell the story for this series. Because Boston, just how they play their chemistry, Brad Stevens at the helm, they will get ahead. Can they hold those leads? And can they close the Miami Heat out? That's going to be the story in the next few games. So game three was good. I was happy to see Boston really take care of that one because obviously they couldn't afford to go down 0-3, but they look the most dominant. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, it was I was very curious to see what adjustments Brad Steven was going to be able to make um, in game three, because it was clear that one was needed. Uh, he made one in a big way. Um, you know, the the barrage of shots that the Celtics were able to get, I think, is credit to the unique offensive skill set that a lot of their players have. Uh, they got a lot of guys who are big on the wing and they're, and they're smaller guys. I mean, Kimball Walker, Marcus Smart, these guys are incredibly crafty. They're good at getting to the hoop. I mean, I think Kimball Walker probably has the best step back probably in the in the entirety of the NBA. I mean, and, and we've seen it time and time again, how, how lethal and how effective that shot can be. Now, in my personal opinion, in order for the Celtics to really succeed and move into the into the, you know, the NBA finals, move forward with this series, they're going to need Jason Tatum. To, to really continue to produce in the offensive way that he has, but they're really going to have to learn to limit their turnovers. Again, this is a young team, you know, and those are kind of the growing pains that come with it, especially in the playoffs, but the constant turnovers, the, the lack of defensive awareness at times, is really going to kill them, especially against a team like Miami, who is so hard nosed, who is so gritty um, and, and who is so disciplined. I don't think you really have to worry about a whole lot of guys on Miami's team stepping outside of themselves or trying to. These are guys who kind of know their role. They know their expectations. Um, and, and I think that, that they've really continued to to impress, you know, with the, with the culture that the Heat are really building down there. So I think the Celtics have all the talent in the world. I think for them, it's just going to come down to discipline and execution. Um, and, and for Miami, you know, they're a team who I don't think anybody really expected to be here except for them. Uh, you know, they continue to kind of defy the expectations, as it were, um, going into the bubble and, and, and in the bubble. You know, I, I mean, I don't think, you know, personally, I thought that the series against the Pacers was going to be one of the more fun first round series just because of both of those teams, uh, the makeup of their teams, uh, the ability to score, the ability to play defense and, and Miami carried that momentum from that first round and they're riding that wave. Uh, what are they now? 10 and two in the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. their, their record is definitely nothing to turn your nose up at. Um, and, and it is a testament to their defensive mindedness and the, the determination that they have to never take themselves out of a game. Even when shots aren't falling, even when their offense seems to go stagnant, they they continue to find ways to get back into the game, similarly to the Denver Nuggets. But I think the biggest difference would be Miami has a wealth of shot creators and shot makers, whereas Denver really relies on Nikola Jokic to, to set the tone and the tempo in that regard. Um, and Miami has really shown how effective Jimmy Butler can be in this kind of pseudo point guard role. We saw it in Philadelphia and we saw how effective it was. Um, I mean, you could honestly say that Philadelphia was one Kawhi Leonard jumper away from possibly going to an NBA Finals with that team. And who knows what that would have looked like had that happened. You know, the ball can swing a whole lot of different ways. And unfortunately for Philly, it didn't swing their way. Uh, Jimmy Butler's in Miami now. But I know the Miami Heat are very, very happy. And Butler continues to really show that he's a bulldog on the court. Um, it has, in my opinion, really started to clean up his image. Because I think, you know, after the, the unceremonious way that he had departed Miami, or I'm sorry, not Miami, Minnesota, 
Um, it left a lot of questions surrounding him. And then in Philadelphia, you know, there was a lot of questions around his health, uh, whether or not he was worth that max contract um, and for how many years specifically. And him going to Miami, he's proved he's worth all the dollars. He's proved he is clutch. He can help the team. If he's not going to be the one taking the big shot, he's going to be the one finding the big shot maker. And with Duncan Robinson, with Tyler Hero, with Gore Dragic, and with the continued ascension of Bam Adebayo. You got plenty of big shot makers on that team. So this is going to continue, in my opinion, to be a really, really fun series. Uh, the Celtics and the Heat are both, you know, they got their work cut out for them. And both coaches, I mean, are incredibly intelligent, incredibly creative. And I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of really fun stuff going forward here. So you said you're taking the Celtics in six in this series? I got Celtics in six. Um, but, you know, to your point of what you were saying, I mean, yeah, you can't say enough about the Miami Heat. Um, actually was um, telling some friends of mine, you know, because obviously we've seen how the Clippers imploded. And I told them, I, I said, you know, we just can't talk enough about team chemistry, especially in this playoffs. You know, when you look, I mean, the Miami Heat are the perfect example of great team chemistry, whereas you can see where the Clippers struggled mightily and team chemistry had a lot to do with that. But I just don't think the type of cohesion they have as a team is possible without a unique superstar in Jimmy Butler, you know, because you're going to feel his superstar like his type of caliber of a player if he gets 13 points or if he has to score 40. He's just a hustle player. He's a great two-way player and defender, and he's constantly empowering his teammates to, you know, play their best game and play their role, and that's where you have, you know, so many effective players on one team because so much of that usage, so much of that, you know, ball dominance isn't just through Jimmy Butler. He's so keen on knowing when to turn it on, knowing when he's in a rhythm, knowing when he has to defer, knowing when to just let guys play their game. And I just, I mean, I can't think of too many superstars where you would have that type of mass contribution from where, you know, Gordon Dragic can lead scores, who's been great in this playoffs. And Tyler Hero seems like as time goes on, he's only getting better. And we've seen what Duncan Robinson can do when he gets hot all the while as you mentioned, David, you know, the ascension of Bam Adebayo, you know, he's really he's really been thriving in this series. So it's just been incredible to see. And I just think it's such fun to watch. So similar teams, yet different in the Heat and the Celtics. I just think the Celtics, knowing what they're capable of, watching Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum become superstars. I mean, just overnight just get better and better i just think as they play with a certain sense of unselfishness they have a lot to offer and i think as as we've seen with the celtics their ability to get up and put in those barrage of shots it says a lot about the type of team that they are and i think if they can kind of overpower that and just getting gordon hayward back and you know marcus smart's going to do what he does and these guys are going to play so i think i'm going celtics tomorrow and then once it's 2-2, two, two, it's kind of an even score. And then, yeah, I like to think maybe it may not be in six. It may go to a seven. But I like to think the Celtics can keep their foot on the gas and, you know, finish this one out. Yeah, I definitely look for the Celtics to continue that momentum that we saw in game three, especially offensively. Um, because this is definitely not a, a Miami team you want to be down to in a series again. Um especially not potentially looking at 3-1. You know, that's definitely not a barrel you ever want to be staring down. 
uh, in any kind of situation. So I definitely think the Celtics are going to come out firing tomorrow. But personally, I think I am going to take the Miami Heat to pull off the win tomorrow. I think that the Celtics struggled late in that game to really close it out and allow the Miami Heat to creep back into there. I wonder if those same kind of issues as far as late game turnovers and execution will continue to persist for the Celtics again, just because they really do struggle with that late game shot creation outside of a guy like Kimball Walker. Um, even Jason Tatum at times seems like he's kind of being baited into taking these these superstar shots, whereas he doesn't necessarily have the the volume of superstar shot making that you would maybe want out of a guy. But again, I mean, Tatum is still very early in his career, and I think he's going to do a lot of very big things going forward. Um, there was a Western Conference <clears throat> team's GM uh, who actually recently said anonymously that he'd prefer to have Jason Tatum over Paul George. Well, I don't think he necessarily needs to be anonymous behind that statement, because at this point, I think there's probably a lot of people who we'd rather have over Paul George <laughs> Good God, that was just disgusting, embarrassing, despicable, deplorable, all types of words. And one, two, three, Cancun, Pat Bev is bringing his Timberlands and he's hitting the beach because they are not NBA finals. They don't deserve to. That was just bad. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, this is going to be a really fun series. I expect it to continue to be. It has been thus far. Um, There's going to be a lot of shots. There's going to be a lot of physical defense. Um, It's it's probably going to get chippy. Hopefully it doesn't boil over at any point. but yeah, this this is gonna this is gonna be a high firing Eastern Conference Finals, and I definitely think it's it's one that the people will enjoy watching. So plenty of action on both sides of the ball. Um, and as we kind of pivot out of the Eastern Conference, you know, last night we had the Western Conference Finals game two. Um, I know yesterday, as I said, you know, Sundays are a day for football, but when LeBron James is playing, you make the time. You always make the time. And last night, Anthony Davis let everybody know. It's his time. It is his time. And he hit an absolute dagger to give the Los Angeles Lakers a 2-0 series lead over the Denver Nuggets. Ended up beating them 105 to 103. Um, let's I'm, I'm gonna pass the mic to you on this one. Tell me what you thought about that that buzzer beater, about the 2-0 series lead. Uh do the Nuggets do the Nuggets have a chance? Well, first of all, I just want to say this, man. I'm a huge Anthony Davis fan. He's been one of my favorite players for about, uh, you know, three or four years now. He and Kawhi Leonard, um, two players I like a lot. And I never really appreciated that he never got the respect he deserved because he was on a team in the Pels. I get it, right? You know, the Pelicans were never that deep outside of Drew. Holiday and a few key pieces, they didn't have much going on. But you've seen how game in and game out, year after year, Anthony Davis was just pure dominance. Any basketball player, especially if you play fantasy, just knew he was a guy you had to have. And while he had his concerns about his health, I mean, when he's playing, ah, man, I mean, he's liable to go 50 and, you know, 12, just about any game. I mean, he's just unreal. So, um, I don't like that it took this long, but I'm happy he's getting it. He's playing with a superstar in LeBron James and getting the notoriety that he deserves. And this is very fitting because it's taking nothing away from LeBron James, right? But we have to be honest with ourselves here. We know who the alpha is on that team. LeBron James, his impact, his ability to just be that superstar is there. But Anthony Davis is 1A. I'm sorry. Anthony Davis is 1A. A lot of these things aren't possible. I mean, he'll have 37, 39 points. And you 
wouldn't even be able to tell. It just looks so effortlessly, you know. And for that reason, David, I don't know if the Nuggets have a chance because they have no answer for them, um, for Anthony Davis. I, I mean, the team as a whole. But, I mean, the buzzer beater was unreal. I mean, you wouldn't expect a seven-footer to be able to just catch and shoot. I mean, just such nice form, just get a shot off like that and just absolutely drain it. But, I mean, that's Anthony Davis, man. I mean, he's such he's such a dynamic player and a versatile big that, like, I mean, he's arguably as good, almost better on the defensive end as he is offensively. And, I mean, just his fundamentals, his footwork, I mean, what can you say? There aren't too many players better than Anthony Davis, and I think he's proven that right now. And that's going to be hard for the Nuggets. Do they have a chance? You know, kind of like I was telling you, David, before we started, I mean, they obviously would be in a lot better of a headspace if it was 1-1 as opposed to down 2-0. But you know what? They're playing the Lakers tough. And I said this, after the Lakers got, excuse me, the Nuggets got blown out in game one, they were going to make adjustments. They were going to figure out how to play. If there's one thing about the Nuggets, they don't have near the star power that the Lakers have. But they have pieces. They have depth. You know, and while I'm sure they'd like to have, you know, Will the Thrill Barton in there, I mean, to have a relatively healthy team and to be able to, you know, use those different pieces, it offers a lot of different options. And, you know, if you recall what MPJ said in the previous series, you know, against the Clippers, how they have a lot of options they need to utilize those, that is a big advantage the Nuggets have. So them creeping back the way they did and almost winning that game is to no surprise. And, you know, Mike alone and what they've been doing. There's no coincidence they've clawed back down 3-1 in two consecutive finals. So, I mean, at this point, they've been in a worse-off situation. So, I got to tip my hat to the Lakers in knowing they're not going to take their foot off the gas. This is strictly business, and they won't be satisfied until they're up in the finals, you know. Nothing else matters until they get there. But I think the Nuggets have a few tricks we haven't seen. And if there's one thing I know about the Joker, man, he's he's always got something up his sleeve. And, you know, Jamal Murray – I mean, what can you say about him? He's just playing like, ah, oh, gosh, I don't know. He's playing for a max contract or something. And he's still, what, in his second or third year. But so they're turning it on. I think they will have an answer. I'm going to, for the sake of the underdog, say the Nuggets will put themselves in position to hang with them and overpower the Lakers late and win. And I'm seeing the 2-1, but I got to go with the Lakers. There's just nothing I've seen about the series that, you know, gives me any indication that, you know, the Nuggets can overpower them and beat them up. So. Yeah, uh, I'm, you know, I, I, I think that the Nuggets have earned, have earned our respect, have earned the collective respect of, you know, the NBA with the way that they played in the bubble. Um, I mean, they were, I believe they were the third team in the Western Conference there in the regular season. So uh, they were game away from the Western Conference finals last season. I mean, this is a team who, has has done more than their fair share of defying expectation, um, and you know you got to give them credit. But yeah, I'm definitely not going to pivot off my pick of the Lakers out of the series here. Uh, I do hope that the Nuggets are able to get a win, so Charles doesn't have to break out his broom. Good Lord, lo- Lord knows he loves to break out that broom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking too good right now. It's not looking too good right now for the Nuggets. Um, they were a Mason Plumley point away from getting a win and you know it's ironic because earlier in the bubble Mason Plumley did this exact same thing um this huge defensive lapse and it allowed Kyle Kuzma to hit a butter to buzzer beater to beat them um as I said earlier in the bubble so 
one would wonder maybe why Mason Plumlee continues to find himself in late game situations. One could also wonder why maybe we prioritize defending the inbounder over double teaming LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, Prioritizing guarding the inbounder didn't necessarily work out too well for Taco Fall uh, <laughs> against Kyle Lowry. So <laughs> Malone kind of went that route. But hey, you know, Mike Malone is a great coach. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take anything away from him. So I'm sure that they'll be able to make that adjustment. And to be one play away from getting a big win like that, I mean, definitely got to give credit to Jokic. I mean, I believe he scored like 11 points in a row in the fourth quarter right there. He was really giving it to AD. Uh, you got to credit him for his continued development and his ascension um, offensively, not only as a playmaker, but as a scorer. You saw him get really aggressive last night and late in the game, hitting threes. Um, that Sambor shuffle, he has all these moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I definitely think, you know, he's probably the greatest passing big man we've ever seen. Uh, to me, when I watch him play, you know, I see flashes of, of of Dirk, in my opinion. You know, how he hits these odd step back, fall away mid to low post shots, you know, he, the way he contorts his body um, mm-hmm. and the way that he kind of, you know, makes it, he puts the defense in a very compromising position, as we saw with the Clippers, you know, if you want to double team him on the low post, he's incredibly skilled at finding the open man. Um, if you leave him on an island, I mean, this is a big dude who who, who moves like water. I mean, he, he he's agile enough to really give you fits, and Anthony Davis is the tailor-made defender for him to really cause trouble for him you know give Dwight Howard his credit you know for being the pest that he is but that's literally what Dwight Howard is at this point in his career he is a pest granted I mean he is a pest with the shoulders of you know a pickup truck but I mean he is everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The pest. Uh, defensively is really where he's going to do the majority of his damage, not offensively. Um, and you saw that last night. It worked earlier in the game. Game one, he really, I mean, the Nuggets were not prepared for him whatsoever, for his physicality, um, for his veteran experience in the playoffs, both him and Rondo playing these mind games. You saw how it really wore on the Nuggets. So credit to the Nuggets, you know, for making the adjustments that they did. But like you said, man, I mean, LeBron James, greatest player, greatest player in the world, probably greatest player ever. I don't think there's a whole lot of arguments counter to those two points. Um, But in this series, LeBron has LeBron has been struggling. Um, And. Again, when LeBron struggles, it looks a little bit better than most. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But averaging 20.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, and about eight assists, shooting 52% from the field and about 30% from three. Now, in the second half of that game last night, he was two of nine from the field. And in the fourth quarter, he was one of six. Personally, I do not believe that the Lakers win either in game one or in game two, if they do not have, of course, the performance that they got from Anthony Davis, who is currently averaging for the series over two games, 34 points and 10 rebounds, um, shooting about 60-some percent from the field. I mean, he barbecue chicken, 
filet mignon, steak, whatever, whatever those things. Dwight Howard was yelling at the Nuggets bench. That I mean, he turned into chicken up last night. Anthony Davis is a man among boys. He has been one. I mean, there's a reason you should fear that brow. Okay, this is he is a one of one. Okay, and and he is playing like it. Um, you know, LeBron has been to eleven conference finals. I believe last night was his fifty fifth career conference finals game. Um, and he's played with some, I mean, LeBron has played with some guys. I mean, I, I think we all know that there's only been two, I believe there's only been two playoff series where LeBron has been outscored by a teammate. I believe the first one was Dwayne Wade in 2011. Uh, and then the other one was Kyrie in one of those years. Uh, I'm not sure where it was in that run. That's uh, Cleveland 2.0 run that they had there. But LeBron has never in his career, never in his career played with a guy who is first-team All-NBA and first-team All-Defense. Anthony Davis's impact on this team cannot be understated. It cannot be understated. And when he was traded to the Lakers, there was a lot of conversation about how this might, this might be the biggest trade since the Kareem trade. And as we see LeBron you know, continue to get up there in age and not really show any signs of lapsing as far as his playmaking, as far as his defense, really as far as his overall athleticism and just game, period. I mean, the guy's he's eternal. As we see him continue to get up there in age, this is the perfect, in my opinion, this is the perfect pairing for him to extend that championship window beyond possibly for what looks like four five rings to possibly six, possibly seven. Anthony Davis right now, I believe is 26 years old. And typically the way this goes after a guy gets their first championship, that is what unlocks them to reach their full potential as a player. And Anthony Davis next year could be the scariest Anthony Davis we have seen yet. I think that that, that in itself, should have the whole league worried. I mean, not only should it have the other team in L.A. worried, who's already basically been relegated to a JV squad. Again, the Clippers go home. Go home, Montrez. Go home, Will. Go home. Okay? This is a problem. Anthony Davis is a real problem. This dude is incredibly talented. The way that he was able to bottle up Jamal Murray last night on defense is just incredible. He has been incredible in all of these series defensively and offensively. When he wants to stop a guy from driving to the hoop, he will stop you. He's running guys off the three-point line. I mean, Anthony Davis is such a unique talent and the perfect pairing for LeBron James. I, I think that Lakerland has got to just be on cloud 10 right now because it is going to be a very, very prosperous future going forward for the Los Angeles Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James under the helm. I mean, good God, it, it's it's incredible. And credit to the Nuggets, you know, they have made several comebacks from the 3-1 deficit, as you said, you know, but. I believe when LeBron James teams are up 2-0, he's 22-0. Oh, there's some pretty long odds to be staring down. You know, some, some very, very long odds. And LeBron is very well aware of that. Uh, I think that you could say, you know, LeBron isn't a guy who necessarily cares an overwhelming amount about stats, but he, he clearly cares. Um, I would say similarly to the way that you care when 
a way that I would give an example of it is this. When you're playing 2K, you know, the best game that there is, 2K. Uh, Kobe Bryant edition, of course, 2K21. If you haven't grabbed that, go grab that now. This is Shane's play. Um, Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Similarly to when you're playing 2K, you know, you want to win. You always want to win, okay? But you want to win your way. And your way is probably four speeding the ball to – for me personally, it's going to be KD. You know, if I'm playing you with the Nets, yeah, I got Kyrie, but I want KD to rain down on you. That's the way I want to win. And similarly is the way that LeBron James cares about stats. He cares, but he doesn't care. That's why during every single timeout and at every halftime, LeBron is reading a stat sheet. That's why he is constantly analyzing the game, both during pre and post. That's why he has probably the closest thing to a to a photographic memory that we've ever seen um, in an NBA player. And that's why he is the most cerebral and most intelligent player in the game today, in my personal opinion. Now, I'm saying all that in regards to the fact that, of course, over the last week, we learned Giannis not only won his DPOI, but he also got back-to-back MVPs. There was a lot of conversation about, you know, the LeBron James MVP snub, yada, yada, yada. Granted, 16 out of 100-some votes, probably more deserving than 16. Um, But the thing people just really, really, really need to realize is that the NBA MVP is voted on in the vacuum of the regular season, not in the breadth of an NBA player's career. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The MVP is a regular season award, okay, based solely in the vacuum of that regular season, not the entirety of a player's career. Now, if we're talking entirety of a player's career, obviously LeBron James could probably win MVP every single season. Um, He would never admit that, of course, you know, because LeBron is not that type of arrogant player uh, or person. But absolutely. I mean, and, and his impact on the game is it is larger than the play on the court. And I think that's often why he does feel this this kind of snubbed mentality towards him not getting his MVP accolades. Now, granted, I don't think you're going to really meet a whole lot of people who make the argument, well, Kareem is better than Michael Jordan because he has more MVPs, you know, because that's just not an argument that most people are going to make. You're not really going to lean on MVPs over rings when we're talking about GOAT conversations. Um, But it is something of note. And LeBron's LeBron single-handedly orchestrated that Anthony Davis trade to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, granted, the Lakers did not win the negotiation, but they clearly won the trade. I think that they overpaid for a player who made it very clear they didn't want to be where they were and only had one destination in mind. However, if they've gotten a player who possibly is going to extend not only LeBron James' championship window, but the Lakers' championship dreams, you know, that the, their continued success. Absolutely. You'll take that 10 times out of 10. And I think that this trade will continue to reverberate as far as the impact it has on NBA history for probably the next five, 10 years. I mean, we'll see how long LeBron stays on the team. We'll see how long LeBron's in the league, but Anthony Davis is the perfect player to continue to carry that torch. And I just think for people who want to make the argument that LeBron should have won this season because of how well the Lakers did, you know, because of how he let leads the league and exists and how he continues to play and defy law to age 35. Yes, that's granted and that's fair. But if we're going to make that argument, then you have to go back and you probably are going to have to take away a couple MVPs from LeBron, in my personal opinion, um, because there were several years where, and I'll give you two of them, 
in 09 where the Cleveland Cavaliers won 66 games and in 2010 where the Cleveland Cavaliers won 62 games. In neither one of those series, or I'm sorry, those seasons, did LeBron James win the NBA Finals. Neither one of those seasons. Do you know who did win both of those seasons? Another Los Angeles Laker. In my opinion, the greatest Los Angeles Laker of all time, RIP Kobe Bean Bryant. Now, nobody is talking about going back and giving those MVPs to Kobe. So I think it would be very unfair for the, the, the commentary and conversation around taking an MVP from Giannis and giving it to LeBron because of the Bucks' inability to advance as we would have hoped that they would. So that's kind of my – that's me airing my piece. That's me speaking my grievances. Marcus, what's your take on Giannis in his second MVP? Um, and, you know, the, the, the kind of – I guess you can call it the LeBron snub, if you will. Do you, do you think that there's, there's a whole lot of fact behind that? Well, David, first I want to ask you this because all the time you were thinking, man, it got me thinking – Based on everything we've said and, you know, looking at the dynamic, should Anthony Davis have been a finalist for an MVP award? You know, Marcus, I said this on an earlier pod that I felt like absolutely that if there was going to be a Laker that walked Mm -hmm. home with that mantle, it should be AD for both. I said if there was going to be somebody, Giannis won both, I think Anthony Davis could have very well won both in my opinion. Well, and once again, I'm not trying to be biased here, but okay. And this is a whole other change that I can go on. But the fact that Anthony Davis already got snubbed from both Defensive Player of the Year awards when Rudy Gobert won, I mean, I, conversation for another day. But when Anthony Davis played maybe oh, 20 less games than Rudy Gobert and still had a better per game block rate, it was just, oh, man. To just see him get snubbed from those, you know, it had a little to do with this team. I mean, let's face it. If Anthony Davis is on the Pelicans and they're playing for maybe an AC, it's going to play a part in that. But I just thought he was always, I mean, the better defender, the better player. I mean, not necessarily the Rudy Gobert, but arguably in the whole NBA, you know, and guys like that, they prove it. That consistency is there because they're too good not to. So obviously, you know, he's proven that and, um, I mean, this year is just very fitting for him because he deserves that. But um, last thing I say about that is when you look at winning basketball and you look what the Lakers did, I look at Anthony Davis and I say he is team. It takes away nothing from LeBron James. The fact that LeBron James is in what his 17th season, is it? And he's playing the way that he's playing. And it's incredible. But and he but he is not the he's not the alpha dog on that team. You know, just as you said, David, where would that team be without the sheer domination of Anthony Davis? I mean, you got your seven footer hitting fadeaway deep threes to win the game. He's averaging 34 points out of the two games, like you said. I mean, he's just been so dominant this whole NBA playoff. So I thought he should have had a consideration. But you know what? I just hope they make the right choice that the Lakers do go to the finals and win and he keeps his domination up. I hope they at least know who to give a finals MVP to, but we'll see, you know, and you know, that's not to say that LeBron wouldn't turn it on either, but you know, um, but as far as Giannis put simply, I mean, he, he, he just deserves this. I mean, if you look at his team, you know, success leaves clues. They had the best record in the entire NBA. 
he was able to dominate that only playing 30 minutes a game. And I uh, forget how you would um, classify it. Maybe you can help me out. But I know he had like the best plus, like the best just overall like contribution to his team, so, you know, so to speak, in NBA history. Yeah. When you look yeah. at that, that's historical, you know. So it takes nothing away from LeBron James, right? But no – Giannis deserves this, and you're right, just as you said, and you said it perfectly and, you know, very eloquently, in fact. But, I mean, look, we see what happens in the regular season and where we're at in the playoffs now. We get too caught up in it. And, yes, it's obviously hard to think about Giannis as an MVP, winning back-to-back, winning Defensive Player of the Year and MVP, and him not being in the hunt for a championship. But you know what? And I've said this, and this isn't me being biased, but come on. Look who LeBron James is playing with. And no offense, in my opinion, Chris Middleton is maybe a top 30 player in the NBA to me. I'm sorry. If you put someone like an Anthony Davis type tier player on on the team with Giannis, we would be very, very surprised in what he can do. And look, I know the Bucs were down, but we have to factor in that Giannis was so injured that he couldn't even play. We know Giannis. We know his drive, his hunger. He would have played as he would have played if he was able to. And I say that because I'm not saying that justifies when they were already getting beat, but we can't act like if they would have won that game and then they were down and Giannis comes back, who knows what could have happened? Cause when you have an MVP and a player that dominant, anything's possible, but obviously that team has a lot of work to do. It's going to be curious to see what he decides to do in the off season, but no, David, you know, Simply put, he deserved that. Giannis deserves that. I get he won last year, but, you know, I'm someone who take your biases, you know, away from it and just look at it. And when I look at it unbiasedly and I look what Giannis has been able to do with that Milwaukee Bucks team, he has willed them to be the best team in the NBA record wise in so many things. And it's just not possible without him. In fact, that team could be playing with a lottery without him. You take. Anthony, uh, LeBron James off the Lakers, they still have AD, you know what I mean? So it's no disrespect to LeBron, and this may be controversial, but in my opinion, I didn't even think LeBron was the best player on his team. And we know Anthony Davis led every single statistic on his team but assists. And I know it goes more into that. I'm not going to make it about LeBron and what he didn't have. But focusing more on Giannis, I mean, I just think he deserves it. And when you look at what he did this year and the historical records and stuff he set, I mean, yeah, hats off to him, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You mean you, you really got to tip your hat to Giannis. I mean, he in, in all in all aspects, he continues to impress. Um, yeah, his ability to impact his teams when share is when shares. I mean, is is a historical level. You know, statistically, uh, analytically, every type of way, Giannis's collective impact on the Bucks cannot be understated. Um, and, and I think for LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, this is, again, as I said, this is probably the best teammate he's ever he's ever played with. Um, but it seems like LeBron and AD are also this unique pairing where LeBron is really, really entrusting Anthony Davis. He's empowering him to potentially carry the mantle, to pass the torch on to him. And I think, you know, this is something that we all expected. I think maybe in our minds, LeBron passing this torch is, you know, uh, more a product of circumstance where he just can't do it physically anymore. 
Uh, and I think that that's a, a less likely scenario. And the more likely scenario is, you know, LeBron is passing the torch more so in terms of the offensive load. You know, whereas LeBron previously was scoring 25, 30 points a game. He has a guy who can do that now in his sleep. So LeBron can pivot and do other things. He's going to be more effective defensively. He's going to be a more apt passer. You know what I mean? You're going to see LeBron continue to play make and do other things to impact the game without really having to shoulder a lot of that offensive burden, which I think, again, is just going to add to the longevity of his career. Um, and Anthony Davis, like I said, is the, is the perfect guy really to do that physically with his skill set. Um, he's young. He's he's in the peak. He's about to be in the peak of his powers, if you will. So, like I said, all ro- all roads are going to be going through L.A. for a while here, whether that be through the Los Angeles Lakers, who look like they're going to be, you know, helping LeBron get his fourth title here in a couple weeks and Anthony Davis's first um, or through another team. You know, the Western Conference has always been a very, very tough one. There's plenty of great teams out there. You know, you got the, the Golden State Warriors um, going to be back in action next year, whatever the Clippers do, you know, the Dallas Mavericks, et cetera, et cetera. So Anthony Davis and LeBron are going to be a dynamic duo for a long time to come. Uh, as I said, everybody in Lakerland should be really, really happy. And it definitely does seem like this this season will continue to be um, a chosen one for the Lakers. They are undefeated when they're wearing their Mamba jerseys, and I definitely look for that to continue. Um, they're playing for more than themselves. They're playing. LeBron's playing for more than his legacy now. He's playing not only for the legacy of the Lakers, but for the legacy of Kobe Bryant. And you heard Anthony Davis. The first word that he yelled out after he hit that shot was, what? Kobe. So you know it is in the back of everybody's mind. It's in the hearts of L.A., um, they really, really are on a mission this season, and I look for them to complete that mission um, sometime here in October. So lots of hoops right around the corner. But, yeah, I think if they do make it to these NBA finals, LeBron is going to be feeding Anthony Davis out of this world. And I think it really would set Anthony Davis up for an incredible season next season to not only have his first Western Conference Finals championship, but his first NBA championship and potentially finals MVP award. Woof. In the words of Mark Jackson, mama, there goes that man. <laughs> so we'll see, man. We'll see. Lots of hoops, lots of action coming up right around the corner. So I'm really, really excited. And, man, Marcus, before we get out of here, bro, I just want to say I appreciate you so much for hopping on the pod tonight. We're well, so happy to have another guest and co-host joining us on this uh, box score breakdown. We're building up a a nice little network over here of all of our analysts, and we're going to be bringing you all the hoops information, knowledge, hot takes, cold takes, whatever you need. We got it for you by the dozen. So, Marcus, tell the people, can they find you anywhere on social media, Instagram, Twitter? Do you have anything coming up for Hoopball for the rest of this week, next week, in the future? Will we see you again on another podcast with us? I got a lot of questions for you, but the people need all the answers. What you got? Yes, definitely. You can find me on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Anthony 35. Um, Instagram, Braden Marcus, B-R-A-D-E-N M-A-R-C-U-S. Um, and yeah, as far as hoopball, you know, I'm just kind of hoping to get my, uh, you know, just kind of get my, uh, you know, fingerprints, you know, just my hands on whatever I can for now. I know once the next NBA season kicks off, we'll be doing some NBA today stuff and, you know, live shows. And that'd be, you know, really fun. I'll be featured on that as a co-host and doing, you know, pregame action. So I'm really looking forward to that. But for now, yeah, just trying to, you know, you might see me on a few more box score breakdowns and, some other stuff, but definitely tune in a lot of great content at Hoopball and 
you know, we'll be, you know, covering that inside and out, you know, as we, you know, go through the playoff and stuff. So stay tuned. Yeah, absolutely, man. You heard him, people. Give him a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and definitely look forward to uh, Marcus joining us on another edition of the Box Score Breakdown because we are definitely going to make this a recurring thing. I love to have multiple voices, multiple perspectives, and the hottest takes in the network. So we're going to have all of those for you coming up uh, by the dozen, as I said. So get ready, folks, okay, because we, we gonna be, we're going to be having a lot of fun over here. Marcus, my man, I appreciate you, as always, for hopping on. And to all you hoop ballers out there, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Continue to share this pod. Like, rate, review, subscribe, all of those at once. Tell your friends, tell your mom, and tell your cousin, tell your uncle, yeah, sure. everybody. Let them know <laughs> that the block is hot, and you heard it here on your NBA Box Score Breakdown, presented to you by the Hoopball Network. My man Marcus, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you, Marcus. We appreciate you so much. We'll be talking to everybody very soon. Y'all stay safe out here. And have a good one. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.